Dale Jarrett was in town. We caught up with him for a breakfast where he and Kyle Larson and others were helping raise awareness for Childhood Cancer Month uh, last month. Dale Jarrett, now in the Freak Nation. Funny thing about this interview is Dale Jarrett's done his share of interviews and interviewing people, and Dale still doesn't know what the hell to do with his hands. <laughs> no, I don't. No. You know, it's crazy that as a race driver, you talk with your hands, too, to tell your crew chief and your crew what the car was doing. Uh, That's only uh, just words wasn't enough. You had to tell them, okay, when I get to this part of the corner, this is what the car is doing. This is what I needed to do. And as I got in the world of TV, I realized that if you tied my hands behind my back, that you'd get silence. I don't even know how I could speak. It is fun watching drivers talk to each other because they'll use these hand movements, this, this, and this, or or this, or this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and how you got that in that position and how you got out of it is the main part. But, yeah, it's, it's a universal language within the racing community. Childhood Cancer Awareness Month, you're here along with Kyle Larson and others with the NASCAR community. Uh, you have found through your celebrity or your popularity through NASCAR to utilize it in situations like this. And it's, it's endless and, of course, helpful. Yes, it is. And, and I think that's one thing uh, my dad taught me early on, um, that as I watched him go through his career and, and then have a successful career in TV later, that he was always giving back to the communities. Didn't matter where we are. NASCAR has done the same thing. Uh, we embrace the different cities, communities that we go to. Uh, what are the things that we can help with? And and here is the Phoenix Children's Hospital. You just referenced your dad and his driving career into his TV career. And then that's what you've done, <laughs> driving into TV. Is that something you always wanted to do is take that next step into TV because of your dad in order to keep your celebrity, not, maybe not in order to keep your celebrity to help causes like this, mm -hmm. but was TV always on the horizon for you or no? Never entered my mind. I, you know, I'd, I first off didn't even think that I was going to drive a race car to begin with, so it wasn't I was going to follow in my dad's footsteps. Uh, you know, I, I played football, basketball, baseball, and golf in, in high school, so I had four sports. Um, you know, I turned down a golf scholarship to the University of South Carolina, thankfully, uh, because it all worked out in the, the right way. I was 20 before I ever drove a race car. We have people competing at the highest level in the Cup Series now before they're 20 years old, So, uh, but it, it worked out for me in that way, and once I got into racing, I honestly never thought, I, I guess I just thought I was going to race forever, and I tried to. I did it until I was 51, uh, but I, didn't, I did not have a plan whatsoever, and I, I wish that I would have looked more at what my dad did. You know, there are clips. I mean, my dad calling the, my win in the 93 Daytona 500 is something that I get, we get all the time uh, that people still say, hey, that's one of the best moments, especially when you see fathers and sons that, you know, for my dad to be able to do that, it was a special moment. Um, but as he was doing that, I never thought about what he was doing. I, I'll be honest, and I'm embarrassed to admit this, but I never visited the TV compound uh, during that time. I, I was focused on driving the car. I didn't care what was going on out there they had to do what they had to do and uh, the only reason I would go back and watch races it wasn't to listen to my dad uh, it was to see something I might have needed to know to be better driver um, but once 
ESPN came to me at that time as I was getting to the end of my career and they said, look, we don't know when you're going to retire, but we have a job for you. Uh, so I started doing a few races and realized that, hey, this is kind of fun. Um, but my dad had some good words and, and very good advice, which he did all through my years. I didn't listen to a lot of it, but he had some really good advice uh, that hey, you can make of, of TV what you want. You could go in the booth and call a race and never do anything, any preparation during the week because you've lived that, you've done it. But it's not the best way to do it because the fans want to hear more than just what the drivers are going through, which you can give that perspective. But to do it right, you get in the garage area and you talk to the drivers and crew chiefs, there's a lot more work to it. I was amazed at how much it took if I wanted to be better at it each and every week. So to, that's a long answer to your question that was I thinking about doing this? No, I wasn't, uh, but I'm glad that I got involved because it, it has kept me there. It's kept me around the sport that's been great to my family for so many years, uh, but it also gives me the opportunity to still connect uh, with the different communities that we go to and especially things like this. Now, hold on. Do drivers really come to the TV compound? I still don't think to this day they do that. You guys are going to them. They don't make the effort to go to you. They don't, but, but we actually have had some, and, and once – so in 2008, when I started full-time with, uh, with ESPN, I, I went to NASCAR and I said, you know, this is something that as I got involved, I had no idea how many people and the effort that it took to put this on. They're there to showcase the driver's talents and, and show the world what a great race driver you are, you know, what a great race this is going to be. Um, and, and we all took them for granted. Yeah, we knew that they paid a lot of money and that helped, you know, our checkbooks. Uh, but you should go see the effort that's put forth. I know the everybody talks about and hears that what a Super Bowl production is like, the number of people that it takes to make that happen one time a year. This is 36 weekends that this happens, you know? And so I said, you should make the drivers. It should be a requirement. At some point in time, it's only a 15, 20 minute tour, but most stay longer than that. So I have had some to come and they actually have come to me and said, hey, I appreciate you letting me know about that because it is eye opening as to everybody that it takes and the effort that it takes uh, to help us out. Now, social media has changed the game as well. I notice you're not really on social media because I tried to tag you on something from uh -huh. one of the other accounts I'm working, and I couldn't find you on Instagram. Why is that? Uh, you will find me there now, but you will not see a post. Um, I am there simply to view. Um, it's so to research. Yes. You, know, a lot, you see a lot of drivers, uh, their wives or their PR people, and so there's a lot of information to be gathered, more than just I can get from our stats guys. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to know stats. I want to know, you know, I, my job now requires me knowing more about their personal life, and so I get on for that. Um, I do have a Twitter account that my son actually runs, and if I have something that I won't post it, there then I send it to him and he does it keeps me out of trouble because he's your social myself. media manager he is that and so I could get myself in a lot of trouble not just trouble but I wouldn't have a job because I, I couldn't hold myself back on some things that I might want to speak out and so he lets me know that Dale you mentioned wives in there and Kyle Larson's wife Caitlin and Justin Mark's wife put some statements out out there after the Daytona race and I just, they saying, I just don't like this type of racing. What can we do about it? And you forget the outside of the car, families, kids, wives, moms and dads watching their children do that. Your standpoint, what can we do about 
these things at Daytona, or do we just accept it the way it is? You know, it's, it's and I'm not, I don't mean to put them down, uh, but this is a question that's been talked about for over 60 years. Um, you know, you can go back to the early days um, and, and watch some accidents that happened there in 1959 and um, say, you know, gosh, what can we do about this? Then as the speeds ramped up, you know, gosh, these crashes are just horrific. What are we going to do about it? Then 1987 came along. We were racing at Talladega, and Bobby Allison blows a tire and almost goes into the grandstand. Um, happened to be my very first race at Talladega, and I was only 10 cars behind where that happened. And then all of a sudden, restrictor plate racing came along. Now we're racing in packs. Um, and we started saying, you know, well, this is great. The speeds have slowed down, but now we have big crashes because everybody's together. What are we going to do about it? Um, here we are in 2023 asking the same questions. The good side is, is that for the most part, uh, the drivers walk away. Um, there's, you know, it, it's at the end of the day, it, it's not the car's fault. It's not the racing's fault. It, it's the drivers. Uh, you put competitive people in difficult situations, um, they're, they're not going to think about the consequences. Not a one of those drivers that got in that race on Saturday night said, gosh, you know, what if something happens if I make this move? It, what could happen is you could win. You don't think about the what could happen is I might crash or crash somebody else. And, again, fortunately, we saw Ryan Blaney and Ryan Priest take two you know, horrific crashes, and, you know, they're, they're both talking about them today and, and – you know, they may be a little sore at this point in time, but they're going to be ready to climb back in a car. So, you know, I appreciate the concern. I, I can remember uh, my wife, Kelly, saying for years, you know, when we went to Daytona and Talladega, um, you know, as a driver, you always get nervous before a race, but they have no control over it. It's harder to watch than it is to participate and uh, uh, because you don't think about the consequences. Last one. You've been a part of NASCAR for so many years and watching the safety with these cars. Were you ever in the middle of it giving advice on how you see the safety of these cars improving? You know, I was, but but I'm going to give uh, kudos to Jeff Burton, uh, one of my uh, colleagues at NBC Sports. Um, Jeff was uh, a driving force through the years, uh, even before we go to that fateful day of, of 2001 when uh, Dale Earnhardt was uh, uh, lost his life in Daytona in the 500.